Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Palm Sunday. Hey, if you're joining us uh, via podcast, we want to say thanks for joining us and hope that this message would help you take your next step closer to Christ as we do this all together. You know, on, on a Palm Sunday, a little boy got sick and he was really kind of bummed because he wanted to go to church, but he needed to stay at home because he was sick and he stayed at home with his mom. But his father and his sisters, well, they went to church. And the little boy noticed that when dad and his sisters came home from church, that they were all carrying these little palm branches. And so the little guy goes up to his dad. He says, hey, dad, he goes, pop, what's the deal with the palm branches? And his dad says, well, you see, son, when Jesus came into town, everyone waved palm branches to honor him. So we got palm branches at church. And the little guy says, oh, shucks. The one Sunday I miss church and Jesus shows up. (laughs) You know, we laugh at that, but the truth be told, on the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, on a colt, everybody there missed Jesus and why he actually was coming on a donkey. They all got it wrong. They missed it. See, 2,000 years ago, the Sadducees had a tradition in which they believed that the promised Messiah would show up four days before Passover. So they would see to it that the main gates were wide open so that the Messiah could come riding in and take his rightful place in authority and be able to overtake those who were oppressing God's people. And so the Romans, knowing this is happening, are everybody, you get no leave, you get no breaks, no vacation, you're all going to be here. And everybody, they got double the guard, triple the guard, everybody's on high alert, and there's these sinister faces. Everything is really tense. And yet, the truth is, is there was a reason why people were excited and and wanting with this anticipation that this would be the year. This would be the year that God would do something. So Jesus' triumphal entry is happening, and on this very day, Jesus comes riding through, but they don't understand that this is the fulfillment of what the prophet Zechariah had said. So on this very first Palm Sunday of Jesus, they think and they want it to be an imitation of what took place with Judas Maccabeus about 150 years before. You see it in 1 Maccabees 13, 51. It's in a work of antiquity. But 150 years earlier, there was a priest by the name of Judas Maccabeus, a Jewish priest, and and he led the revolt against the Syrians. And when they did, they were victorious, and God set his people free. And in the victorious celebration, everybody cut these palm branches and were waving these palm branches everywhere you could in honor of the hammer. That, That was his nickname, the hammer. 
Judas Maccabeus. And so they're thinking Jesus is going to be the hammer and take out the Romans, just like God brought a Savior to take out the Syrians. Well, to commemorate that victory, the hammer actually had some coins uh, imprinted, stamped with this with the palm branches. Go ahead and let me show you this image here. And you can see the palm branches on this coin that was handed out during the time and the rule and reign there of, of Judas Maccabeus from the Maccabean revolt. So clearly, the Jewish crowd for Jesus were waving palm branches. They missed it. He wasn't coming to take the Romans out. He was coming to take out our greatest enemy, the power of sin, the power of death. By dying on the cross as the, as the necessary sacrifice that we would be restored back in right relationship with God the Father. So they all thought, they all hoped that Jesus was going to be the next hammer and wipe out the Romans. But Jesus was not to be confused. It's interesting how when you, when you look at Jesus as He's approaching the city, He literally begins to weep. And as He begins to weep, He says, Oh, Jerusalem, if you only knew the time of my visitation. Do you know that word weep? actually should have been translated, he's wailing, like in mourning, just wailing. It's not like, oh, how sad, that's really sad. No, he's wailing. It's that deep, his passion for his people. So let's read the story. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. The story of, of the first Palm Sunday with Jesus. Starting at verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem and he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it. Catch this. Untie it. I want you to hear that untie it and bring it here if anyone asks you why are you untying it say the lord needs it those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them as they were untying the colt its owners asked why are you untying the colt and they replied the lord needs it they brought it to jesus threw their cloaks on the colt and put jesus on it as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. So they're yelling out, He healed blind eyes! He healed the lame man! He rose Jairus' daughter! They're yelling all the miracles. He fed 5,000! You can hear this incredible passion for what He has done. Verse 38. 
they yelled out, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I love how Jesus speaks. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So this Palm Sunday story, it tells us the disciples were instructed to go and to just retrieve this unassuming creature that was tied up. They were to untie this unassuming creature. What might need to be untied in your life so you could be used by the Lord? Are you bound by something in your life that keeps you from really feeling free and going after it? Is there something that you're stuck to? The trap of offense like the monkey? Is there something that has its talons into your heart that you won't let go? Am I, hello? You're getting a little personal here, Pastor. I know. I got to preach this first in the mirror. God is challenging us. The more you are unified, the more you are free from the bondage of sin, the bondage of offense, the bondage of this, the bondage of that, the addiction of this, the addiction of that, the lies you say to yourself, the freer you are to be used in a way that nobody can comprehend. And it will probably be historic. What's holding you back? What's got you all tied up? Have you ever wondered if the two disciples felt that maybe we're supposed to go and untie a donkey? No, this isn't a lowly position. What did you do wrong? I don't know what you do wrong. Why are we doing this? Couldn't we just give the kid a buck and tell him go get the donkey and bring it back? What am I have to go do this? You must have really made him upset. You put too much spice in that stew last night. I saw you. They didn't understand. They were literally being a part. They would have part in that which was going to be historic and fulfilling. Catch this. A prophecy. It wasn't just some lowly task. You may think what you're doing is slow and small for the kingdom of God. And I have news for you. You may have no idea how you're fulfilling the promises of God by just doing and obeying what He asks you to do. Here we are thousands of years later from this point and we're talking about guys just doing a chore for Jesus. How many here do chores all the time and wish, I don't want to do these chores? Can somebody else do the dishes? Can somebody else clean the toilet? Can somebody else go deal with the animals? And yet you have no idea that God may be using you in the most prophetic way. So Palm Sunday, it's, it's the beginning of the Passion Week. 
And Jesus has now reached the edge of Jerusalem, and a wonderful parade begins to just spontaneously break out. And Jesus is the Grand Marshal. And this is just days before Jesus will have his last meal with his disciples. Days before he's going to be betrayed by Judas. Days before he's going to face an illegal trial. Days before he'll be tortured. Days before he'll be punished. And ultimately executed in disgrace. Naked on a cross. So, let's look at this. Jesus is is now approaching the city. and, And what's going on? Well, there's joy. There's this incredible celebration and excitement. And how ironic it is that some of the same voices that are screaming out, Hosanna in the highest! And they're calling Him King. And how in just in about four days, they're all going to be saying, Crucify Him! What happened? What happened? This should scare you. Because it scares me. I could be right where God wants me to be. I could be seeing the hand of God being manifested. I should be excited. And then all of a sudden, a blip happens, and I'm a little bit confused. And then next thing I know, I feel like demons are speaking right through me. Crucify Him. Anybody can just fall back like that. Anybody can be a backslider. Anybody can lose their grip. If you're not paying attention. So let's look at the donkey. I know everybody wants to talk about the sinister faces in the crowd, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, or the disciples, and, and how confused they are with everything. And, but, but sometimes we miss sometimes the most obvious. And that is that this donkey was very significant on Palm Sunday. See, the donkey wasn't recognized by most as being very significant to the cause of Christ and what he was there to do. At a quick glance, why should the donkey be significant? I mean, the parade is about the Prince of Peace. It's about Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. Who cares about the animal? Well, this is a royal possession. And all of a sudden, unbeknownst to everyone that day, this donkey was the actual fulfillment of a prophecy written in the Old Testament by a prophet named Zechariah. Chapter 9, verse 9. Let's read it together. Ready? Begin. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. What? Here it is. There was nobody, not the disciples, not the crowd, not the Romans, not the religious leaders, nobody put together that Jesus is riding on a donkey. 
Just like Zechariah has said. Can you imagine this? Wow. Jesus wept as He approached because they missed it. So here's another reason. The donkey that, that Jesus rode on Palm Sunday, why is it so significant? If you want to write notes, here's a second one. The donkey was created for a royal purpose. These disciples were being asked to retrieve a donkey, which is perhaps the most overlooked character in this story. But unlike Balaam's donkey, this one doesn't talk. This one's not seeing that the death angel's there to take out the prophet, Balaam. No, he doesn't say anything. Maybe you too know what it's like to feel that maybe I don't have a real purpose. Maybe I'm just like a donkey. But the truth is, there's good news here. This donkey was set aside for a royal purpose. A royal purpose means to be used for the royal king. This creature was chosen. And more importantly, so are you. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter's catching this, and this is what he says. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You're chosen. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. This colt, this donkey, has royal associations. Jesus is riding the donkey, and it, it echoes the royalness, because only the king would ride a donkey for a particular reason. We'll get into that. So matter of fact, let's look at this. Here's a third one, right? This donkey is significant because it needed to be untied so it could be used by Jesus. This donkey was, was born for a wonderful work. This donkey was tied up so he could not, would not wander away or be taken away by someone else. It had been set aside for this particular day. Now, to the modern-day reader, the donkey may seem to be of no special significance. I mean, think about it. What do we think about donkeys? Oh, you know, you, 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 put, on, you put the little kids on there, and, you know, you do the little birthday zoo, and you, you draw the kids around with the donkeys. I remember in high school, we used to have all the kids, right, all the different people would get players who would be team A and team B on the basketball court, and we all had to be on top of our own donkey and play basketball. We use them for entertainment. So we don't think highly of a donkey, that it has actual significance and meaning. But the truth is, there's something royal about a donkey in this culture and at this time in history. In the ancient world, donkeys were used for ceremonial purposes. Whereas horses were symbols of war. If the king was riding a stallion, a war horse, it was time for war. But when the king rode a donkey, a mule, it was a time of peace. 
It was a time of peace. And it was clear to the people just by what the king wrote. And so here's Jesus declaring that he's king and that he really is the prince of peace. So earlier, we noted that the donkey was tied up and had to be untied by the disciples. And the word tied or the word untied of some form is mentioned five times in that passage. Five times. That means it's really important and we need to pay attention to it. The the donkey was created, like I say, for a royal purpose and was meant for Jesus. It was tied. Therefore, it needed to be untied. It needed to be loosened. It needed to be set free for the cause of Christ. We too are creatures who sometimes, oftentimes, are tied up. Is there something in your past that you're still tied to? That you're able to go this far in life and then all of a sudden... You're stuck. And you can go this far. But all you do is just keep going in a circle because you're tied. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or or am I just speaking about myself? If not, it's a good message and I'm taking it. You're tied. But the second that donkey was loosed, It was free to be used for God. It was free for the royal purpose. And not only that, it was chosen. Just like you. And you have a royal purpose. Even if you don't even realize it. Because you're doing some small task and going and getting the donkey. Because we did something wrong. We probably put too much spice on that fish last night. We all need to be untied from that which weighs us down. Palm Sunday is not just a celebration of Christ as King, but a celebration of Jesus as our liberator from our dependencies and afflictions from our past. We need to be free to experience Jesus in our lives. You know, the closest one to Jesus that day was the donkey. A donkey that had never been ridden. I don't know if any of you have ever worked a farm or horses or animals, but if that animal has not been broken, has not been used, you do not get on top of that animal. You will be thrown halfway across the corral. Unless you are the one who created all things. And all creation bows in submission to the royal King of kings. And Jesus can ride that which has not been broken. The truth is, is we cannot fully commit to God when we're tied up. But Jesus desires that we would all be untied that we would all be used by Jesus for His royal purpose. And it's time for us to say, Luke 19.38, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in 
heaven and glory in the highest. When we are untied, we can live a life of faith free from the pressures of trying to hold things together. You know, if, if you're a person who struggles with control, where you have to manipulate people, where you have to have the last word in everything, when, when you have to be vicious with your words, you're tied up. God can't use that. He can't use me. But when I'm free from that, when I'm free from that, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Not free to do whatever I want, but free to be used by the King. So it's clear as we close that the Jewish people of Jesus' day missed it, didn't they? They missed what God was doing and they waved palm branches for the wrong reasons. There is coming a day though, Oh, this is exciting. There is coming a day when the King of Kings will be celebrated for all He has done. For conquering sin and conquering death. And it will be a day when we all, from ages past to ages yet to be, will all wave our palm branches together in honor of our champion, of our Lord, of our Savior, of our victor. It says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, and this is in heaven. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to be counted, because they were at River Rock Fellowship, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held, say it with me, palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Somebody say amen. Amen. Palm Sunday is an occasion when maybe we need to ask ourselves, what is it that needs to be untied in my life, in my heart, so that I can praise, honor, and serve God this Easter for His divine purpose and His will. His will and His way. So Lord, we come before You and We ask, we ask ourselves, what am I tied to? What what sin weighs me down? Where am I in bondage to? And if you just go, you know what? Like that creature that the disciples let go so God that so that you could use that for the cause of Christ for a royal procession. God, I pray you would use me. God, would you use me? Use me this week to invite somebody. Just use me, Lord. If you could use an animal like that, you could use me. If that's you and you say, Jesus, would you set me free? Would you untie that thing that holds me down? Would you raise your hand? Would you just say, that's me? Amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Lord, even the thing I don't even know, I want to be freed from it. So Lord, all those who are, Lord, they're just responding over and over and over again right now. God, set us free. 
And Lord, as we submit, just as that, as that colt did, as that fowl, Lord, as that donkey did, they, it, it submitted to you. So Lord, we pray that we would just submit to you, body, soul, and spirit. And we ask this in a name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.